supporting the transgender movement, uh, teaching communism in the schools, all of this is being pushed by our own corporations, our own multinationals, which is astounding, but it's so sad. The only thing pure in the United States are these small businesses. And they are the ones that get taxed the most. They are the ones that are driven to, uh, to bankruptcy with shutting down for two years of the economy uh, so that we only will have these multinational corporations uh, that China is working with them. Welcome, everybody, to Conversations That Matter. I'm your host, Alex Newman. Uh, oh, my goodness, such big news out of Cuba, of all places. The G77 plus China having a ridiculous meeting there, demanding lots of our money. The head of the UN was there, demanding lots of our money. And uh, we have with us an extraordinary individual uh, to comment all this. His name is uh, Frank De Barona. He is just an extraordinary American. I uh, was born in Cuba, came to the United States as a young child, reinvaded Cuba as part of the Bay of Pigs. He's met multiple U.S. presidents. He's served uh, in, in multiple levels in the state government. Uh, he actually was a senior leader of one of the biggest school districts in America, the Miami-Dade County School District. He's uh, won awards from everybody you can think of, including the King of Spain, and uh, he is a, a writer. He's written dozens of books. He just he does so much. I uh, spent two years in a Cuban gulag. Uh, Frank Tabarona, welcome to the program. Uh, what do you make of this G77 plus China alliance? And, and what do you think about it being led by the dictatorship in Cuba for the time being? Well, the many dictators that are, that are part of this group uh, started in 1968, but now it has 135 member nations. All of them wants to uh, get money from the rich countries like the United States and the European nations. And it's ironically that they met in Havana and they're asking for money uh, of us, you know, of the United States and the European allies. And, and they're asking for money to fight the climate. When Cuba has <laughs> destroyed the climate, there's no, there's no water in Cuba, no electricity, no food, no medicine. The hospitals are, are not working anymore. It is a failed state. And to think that they met in Havana and they made Cuba this year the president of this group. That, by the way, has also rich nations. You have there Saudi Arabia, you have uh, United Arab Emirates, you have Qatar. These are very wealthy nations. So what are they doing there? They're supposed to be poor countries. But all of them are supporting the uh, United Nations uh, Agenda 2030, uh, same thing that the World Economic Forum is uh, is backing. And what they want us is to enslave humanity, to create a totalitarian, uh, fascist, communist, worldwide, one world country run by who? By China. Uh, they, it's interesting that China is not a member, but they, uh, they invite China to be like the leader. And China is the one that unleashed the man-made virus that killed millions of people in these very nations, the 136 nations. A lot of them were assassinated by the communist regime of Xi Jinping with the help of Anthony Fauci and Barack Obama, who also sent money to the Wuhan lab, virology lab, for they do gain-of-function uh, research. And there was a man-made virus made to kill people in the world. So here they invited China, who killed so many people in these very nations, uh, that are meeting now and China wants to be their leader, I guess. But to meet in Havana, it's, it's horrible. Cuba, once again, wants to be reelected to the United Nations Human Rights Commission, a country <laughs> that violates every single 
right of the United Nations uh, spouses, you know. So it's, it's horrible. And uh, who have been other uh, presidents of this group? Iran, twice. Uh, who else is in that group? All of our enemies, not only China, you got North Korea, you got Iran, <laughs> all of these nations that hate us, and we're going to give them millions and millions of dollars, maybe a trillion dollars, because that's what they want to do. That's, that was the, uh, the agreement that they did uh, uh, in Paris recently, you know, the, uh, that Donald Trump uh, withdrew the United States from the, uh, the climate agreement in Paris, and he got us out of all of that. So yeah, it's uh, these are countries that want to extort money from us, uh, and not only do that, but they want to enslave us because uh, they are working hand in hand with uh, <laughs> our friend here, Klaus Schwab. Right? That's the great uh, booklet that the Jumbo Society did recently, and he's the son of a Nazi who was uh, working with Hitler to create an atomic bomb, and also uh, had a factory to do flamethrowers that were killing Allied soldiers during World War II. This is a Nazi, all right, a Nazi. And, and who elected him to uh, to run the world, no? And so this is the conspiracy that we're facing. Uh, and it's a threat to our national security. It's a threat to our wealth, our sovereignty, our liberty, our freedom. And this is what this group is all about. Uh, th yeah. They want to just extort money from, from us and you, uh, attended the, the meeting and wrote many articles uh, when they met in uh, Shram el-Sheikh in Egypt. You were there in person. You interviewed them. You wrote wonderful articles. So this is just part of that, part of uh, what started back in, in, in Rio de Janeiro back in 1992, I, I think it was. And from the very beginning, that's what they want to do. You know, take our money away, our freedom, our liberty, uh, our constitution, our laws, uh, our way of running our health, even now, uh, Biden is pushing for the World World Health Organization to take over our health. Imagine yep. that, you know. Yep, Frank. Um, it, when we when we come back to for the next segment, our final segment in this program, uh, I want to talk to you. You and I did an article about how the deep state in the United States brought this uh, murderous Cuban regime to power. Um, but I, I want to ask you because you were in Cuba before the revolution. Uh, Cuba was a very wealthy nation. Of course, you're still in Miami, but uh, Cuba today is no longer a wealthy nation. It is one of the poorest nations, certainly in the Western Hemisphere. I mean, it's just unbelievably poor. And uh, they want everybody to think, and it seems like the United Nations wants to um, propagate this view as well. They want people to think that this is because of the U.S. embargo. I mean, I just recently heard uh, the president of South Africa, Ramaphosa, saying uh, at the UN General Assembly, that uh, the blockade of the United States on Cuba and things needs to end. Uh, why is Cuba so poor, Frank? Well, Cuba, as you mentioned, in 1950, one of the, the richest countries in Latin America, our peso had the same value of the dollar. We had no inflation. Uh, we had millions of tourists, for especially the United States that came there. The, the, the United States currency circulated freely in Cuba. You could have gone to the Central Bank of Cuba in 1958 and say, have a million dollars, and you have gotten a million, I mean, a million pesos, and you have gotten a million dollars because Cuba had a very favorable uh, balance of trade. So we had a lot of money in, the, in our national bank. Well, all of that was destroyed by the communist regime. As you mentioned, Alex, Cuba is now one of the worst country uh, in Latin America in terms of wealth. You know, maybe we're competing with Haiti, perhaps Paraguay, Bolivia, country like that. And so why should we give money to Cuba? First of all, any money you give to Cuba or to Nicaragua, to Daniel Ortega, 
Or Maduro in Venezuela, Petro in Colombia, Lula da Silva, who founded, as you well know, you live in Brazil, the, the Forum of Sao Paulo, you know, a communist forum to uh, anti-American, to spread communism in the world. Why should we give one penny of our wealth in the United States to these nations, you know? First of all, it's ne never going to get to the people because these are third world dictators that steal every money that they can get their hands to. Cuba is ex the people like in Venezuela are eating from garbage cans. They have no medicine. They have no food. Uh, actually, they live of the Cubans in, in our states that we send them money to support our, our families that are there. If it weren't for that, it would be massive starvation in Cuba. So why should we give any money to these third world dictators, not only uh, in Latin America, in Africa, in Asia, dictators that are part of this. Uh, this is a diabolical group. That's the only way I can... I can't describe it. Why should we give any money to them? Well, first of all, they're going to steal it. Those are dictators that are steal every penny that they can their hands to. And even in United Nations, right? Recently, they brought a bunch of prostitutes, right? From Las Vegas, from Los Angeles. And all of these poor nations, all of these uh, diplomats for poor nations were spending $3,000 to go to bed with the prostitutes from a poor nations. But of course, they are diplomats that are tied to their own government, dictatorships in Africa, or or Asia or Latin America, and they have all the money that they that they want for the mafia that are running these nations. Yeah, and and when you take the G seventy seven, I mean, a lot of people don't realize the power that this block has. They've been lobbying now for many years to empower the UN General Assembly. They completely dominate the General Assembly. It's one government, one vote. So Cuba has the same vote as the United States. Yes. North Korea has the same vote as the United States. The G77 is 134 governments and dictatorships and kleptocracies. Uh, the voting power of that is massive. I mean, they have uh, more than two thirds majority vote there. And there is very little that the United States or other sensible governments could do to, to resist this if they start determining that they're going to redistribute our wealth and all the rest of it under the guise of saving us from climate. In 1988, the John Birch Society produced a documentary so predictive, it's as though they had a time machine. Out of Control, Immigration Invasion was produced and hosted by investigative reporter William F. Jasper and looks at the growing problem of unrestricted illegal immigration that, in 1988, already saw upwards of 10 to 20 million illegal aliens within the borders of the U.S. Unknown agents from around the world using the southern border as easy entry. Certainly some are innocent families escaping hardship, but also certainly some are criminals, potentially terrorists. Is it not appropriate that there be some criteria for the entry of any sovereign nation? Why should the U.S. be different than Canada, Germany, Russia, Japan, or every other country on the planet? Out of control, immigration invasion. Watch this time capsule of prescient wisdom at thenewamerican.com slash out of control. Frank and I wrote an article for The New American uh, some years ago that I, I still believe is one of the most important subjects that we, we could be talking about because it's part of a pattern, a consistent pattern that we've seen over and over again where the deep state in the United States is deliberately supporting subversive elements in other countries like the Castro regime, like the communists in China and, and so many other examples. Uh, Frank, thanks for staying with us over the break. Um, let's talk about that. The, the article that you and I did, we talked about a lot of members of the Council on Foreign Relations who were involved in supporting Castro, uh, marketing him to the United States. The New York Times was telling Americans what a great uh, freedom fighter and anti-communist 
Fidel Castro was. Of course, this was a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, what What's the story with that, Frank? I think very few people in America understand this. But what's the story? Who, who in the United States helped bring this murderous regime to power and why? Uh, well, there were many people in the United States that uh, wanted to help uh, Castro come to power. Uh, there were, of course, uh, people in the State Department. They had two people working there <laughs> that were actually uh, communists. Uh, one of them was uh, had, he lived in Cuba for a while, had a Cuban name, uh, Guillermo Anturo Montenegro, because his wife married a Venezuelan by that name, and then he gave away his name. Uh, but but he was uh, the head of the uh, what was called the Caribbean desk, which included Mexico and all of uh, Latin all of the Central American nations and Caribbean nations. And uh, he reported to another communist who was head of the uh, Assistant Secretary of Inter-American Affairs, Roy Robotum. Uh, and uh, even though there were four U.S. ambassadors that sent cable after cable in the 1950s saying, do not allow the 26th of July movement to take power in Cuba because they are controlled by communists. Fidel Castro is a communist, Raul Castro, Camilo Cienfuegos, Che Guevara, and many others. Those uh, cables were totally ignored, completely ignored. But remember who was the head of the State Department at the time? John Foster Dulles and his brother, Alan Dulles, on the CIA. Both of them were very closely with the Council of Foreign Relations. One of them was actually the head of the Council of Foreign Relations. So they were globalists, totally globalists. So they sort of like looked the other way. I mean, also many people in Congress uh, Marxists that we have in Congress, even more than we have today, they wanted Castro to come to power in Cuba. And the last uh, U ambassador, when Batista was in power, Earl T. Smith, he wrote a book called The Fourth Floor, where he uh, said there in that book uh, how Castro came to power and how all his uh, warnings were totally ignored. And sadly, that's what happened. Then after Castro was in power, uh, Ambassador uh, 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 LT, uh, the, I mean, uh, this ambassador I just mentioned, and the previous ambassador, uh, Arthur Gardner, also testified and said, who allowed Castro to come to power? It was the State Department. It was the Council of Foreign Relations, the U.S. press. They didn't call it mainstream press in those days. You had Herbert Matthews from the New York Times who visited Castro in the hills in 1957. And he said, Castro is the Simón Bolívar of the America. Castro is the George Washington of America. He wants to bring democracy in Cuba, topple this dictator, Fulgencio Batista. And, and, th- and then he made Castro an international hero. Of course, Castro got a lot of help from the US mafia who sold him guns. And, and one thing that uh, Earl, uh, Earl T. Smith said to Congress in 1960, once Castro was in power, he said, the CIA station chief in my embassy in Havana, CIA station chief, was helping Fidel Castro come to power. So he even accused the CIA of being involved. And then we know, of course, that uh, uh, David Rockefeller was a good friend of Fidel Castro, and, and he controlled uh, the Secretary of State, Dean Ross, who worked for Kennedy. But previous to that, he worked for 10 years for the Rockefeller Foundation. So he really followed whatever uh, Rockefeller wanted him to do. And Rockefeller wanted to destroy uh, the invasion of the Bay of Pigs. They changed all the plans so we would lose uh, because Rockefeller and Dean Ross wanted to consolidate the communist regime forever in Cuba. And this is how uh, you and I wrote this great article. I have it in front here. We wrote it a few years ago. U.S. Globalists US put globalist. Castro in power and kept him there. 
it's uh, it, it's truly extraordinary, Frank. And you know, one of the things that they said after this happened, we had uh, Eisenhower and others. They said, well, no, nobody could have known that he was a communist. Um, and, and we heard that over and over again from the media, you know, after the mask came off and everybody realized Castro was a, a Soviet minion, uh, a mass murderer, a, a butcher, a megalomaniac. Oh, nobody could have possibly known that this man was a communist. He was so good at deceiving us. And yet that's simply not true. Uh, Robert Welch pointed out that he was a communist. And as you pointed out uh, many times, and we've talked about in the article, uh, several U.S. ambassadors, including Earl Smith, including others, uh, the U.S. ambassador in Mexico, they warned the State Department that this man was a communist. And it wasn't the first time, right? We we had them betray Chiang Kai-shek in, uh, in China so that Mao could come to power. I mean, we, we've just seen this over and over and over again. Uh, what's going on, Frank? Why, why do these globalists seem so willing, these deep staters uh, in the State Department and the Council on Foreign Relations, why do they seem so willing to aid and abet uh, the, the grabs for power by really totalitarians and American enemies? Because they really are pushing, like the World Economic Forum and the UN, for a one-world government. There's going to be a communist, fascist type of government. You will have Mega banks there, you have multinational corporations, but they're going to be like Hitler. You even said it in a recent article that you wrote, they're looking like Mussolini. There was private property there, and Hitler also had private property, but every single uh, private property or company had to work with the regime. So that's what they're pushing us in the World Economic Forum, the United Nations. That's why you have all these. Uh, you even wrote an excellent article on uh, BlackRock, which is forcing all of our corporations to go woke. And, and to adopt all the crazy things about uh, gender affirming care, mutilating kids, uh, and uh, the, the supporting the transgender movement, uh, teaching communism in the schools, all of this is being pushed by our own corporations, our own multinationals, which is astounding, but it's so sad. The only thing pure in the United States are the small businesses. And they are the ones that get taxed the most. They are the ones that are driven to uh, to bankruptcy with shutting down for two years of the economy uh, so that we only will have these multinational corporations uh, that China is working with them. And at the highest levels of our own government, too. Uh, Frank, we're, we're down just a few minutes left before we have to wrap up the program. I, I want to leave folks uh, with something to do. Um, you know, what do you say? How, how can people get involved to stop this? How do we counter the G77 plus China and their efforts to loot us? How do we counter their allies in Washington, D.C. that seem determined to betray our country? Uh, what are some concrete things that people can do right now to help protect our freedom in our country? Well, one thing that we can do is what we're doing right now, uh, right here in your program, is to educate the people as to this danger. And people are waking up now. Uh, thanks to Trump, who talk about the deep state and, and all the problems that we're having with that. The, so educating is, is very important. Also getting involved in, in our elections. Make sure we do not elect rhinos to power, that we elect conservative, uh, anti-communist, uh, and to to go out and, and monitor the elections. Make sure they don't cheat on any election. But volunteer and, and be a poll worker or a poll watcher, you know, and see what's going on in, in your own community. And, and also don't uh, make sure that we elect good people to the local politics as well. Uh, I mean, to the, to the city councils, to the county uh, council, to the different states. And thank God we have uh, Republican governors that are very aware of what's going on, like our own governor in Florida, uh, Ron DeSantis, who has passed a law saying we will never have digital currency here, because that's one of the things that they want to do, take our money away, uh, our freedom by 
doing digital currency. So they can say, oh, we still the so you can, you cannot buy any weapons. So there goes the Second Amendment. Oh, you cannot travel because you're you're criticizing the government. Do like in China, what they do in China. So it's very important for us to the elections uh, coming up in November of uh, of 2024 are going to be determining whether we're going to live in freedom or in a totalitarian regime in America and the world. Very important election. We need to make sure that we elect whoever the Republican is. I hope it's Donald Trump, but if not him, another Republican, we must win that election. We must stop them from cheating in the election and make sure that we elect, not only take over the White House, take over the Senate and keep the House. That's the only way we will save freedom in America, more important, freedom in the world. If the United States goes communist, the whole world goes communist. And yep. like Reagan said, if this country goes, where are we going to go? There's no That's place right. for us to go. That's right. You fled from Cuba. States, right? Yeah, but, you fled from Cuba to the United States, and we are now the, the last one standing. Uh, we are out of time. But Frank de Barona, thank you so much for uh, for all that you've done for, for America and for your original homeland of Cuba. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us today. That article, folks, if you want to find it, I highly encourage you to get it. You really can't understand what's going on in the world unless you understand this. It's called uh, U.S. Globalists uh, Put Castro in Power and Kept Him There. Check it out. It's by me and Frank DeVarona. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Alex Newman here for Conversations That Matter at the New American Magazine. We want to thank you all for tuning in. Go sign up at thenewamerican.com. Subscribe to the print magazine. Sign up on our Rumble channel so that you get all of the incredible content that we're putting out. All of our guests like Frank DeVarona and, and all the various programs that we're doing, including our daily TV show that the New American does. Uh, thanks again. Alex Newman here, senior editor. Until next time, God bless you all. Freedom is the cure. You're dead on. This is the largest experiment performed on human beings in the history of the world. The more you know. What they're doing is they're forcing vaccination on people. And I believe they are killing people with this vaccination. The freer you are. It's murder. They are basically murdering people in hospitals. The all-cause mortality we know is now higher in the vaccinated group than the unvaccinated group. Stay informed on the issues that affect freedom. Get a subscription to The New American today. TheNewAmerican.com.